We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey Chargers fans, this is Tyler and welcome to the first episode of the Guilty as Charged podcast. Today we've got basics to go over, a quick recap of the 2019 NFL season, and some surprising head coaching news that just dropped. But before we do that, I'd like to take a second to thank Garrett and Jamie of the Lightning Round podcast who have been offering advice and answering all of our questions. Even the mics we're using right now, that's on their recommendation. So once again, thank you guys, it means a lot. This podcast is going to drop twice a week, on Tuesday and Friday. Throughout the pre-draft process, we'll be covering one projected position of need for the Chargers, with Jason and Steven giving their grades and rankings, and me asking them questions and helping create some kind of discussion. Sometimes we'll have guests on the show, and to talk about those guests, let me turn it over to Steven. Yeah, really excited to start this up for you guys. Um, like Tyler said, we've got a lot of, a lot of content looking forward. You know, each of us have put in a lot of hours looking at film, and you know we're going to start this off hot with the quarterbacks next, uh, our next episode, and part of that episode we're going to have Pac-12 analyst Yogi Roth joining us for a quick interview. Um, so that's going to get us all started real hot, get a lot of momentum going up, and then going forward we're kind of just going to go and get as many people in, as guests as we can on here. You know, I think it's really important that we get an informed. Um, opinion and informed discussions going and so we're going to try and get former players current players other analysts you know we've got some prospects that are entering the draft this year lined up that i'm really excited about um you know we'll touch on those later on i don't want to spoil too much for you guys but getting yogi on here is a is a big blessing for us and we're really excited for that and we really just have a lot of exciting things happening for us 
And I think part of what makes football discussion so great is bringing on different voices and different opinions because the three of us are just talking the entire time and we have the same opinions. It's not very interesting. So having a guest like Yogi Roth come on, that's a big deal. Speaking of discussions, part of what we're doing here is trying to create a better and more improved Chargers community, a nice tight community of Chargers fans, all 15 of us. And um, part part of the way we can do that is with our Patreon page. So Jason, talk about what we're doing with that. All right, so we've obvi- we've obviously been very blessed so far in uh, fan interaction and how how the community's already kind of come together for us. We didn't expect this much support from the very start. We hadn't even recorded anything yet, and we were already getting some uh, pretty well known fans coming to us and uh, telling us how excited they were for this podcast and just the the outreach. And um, we already had donations. We weren't expecting anywhere near the support that we have so far. Um, so in the future, we obviously want to reciprocate this, uh, support to our fans. We want to give you guys something to talk about. We want to include you in our conversations. We want to have you guys involved with us. So in order to do that, we have a lot of things planned such as polls, Q and A's, and then we have our tiers over at the Patreon. And these will all give us different ways to talk to you guys, different ways to communicate with you and, uh, keep us as a Chargers community together and talking. And hopefully in the future, this will just grow naturally and it'll get more comfortable and uh, we can grow upon it and create a positive community as Tyler was saying earlier. So this show will drop twice a week, once on Tuesday and once on Friday. During the off season, for example, in the pre-draft process, we'll be covering two positions per week or one per episode. And then when something like the regular season hits, it'll probably be like a reaction to the game on Tuesday and then a game preview on Friday. All right, that's all the boring stuff. We can finally move on and talk about football, the important stuff. So uh, we're going to talk about the 2019 season, how it went, uh, just a couple of uh, highlights and lowlights. So, Jason, you get lowlights first. So what was your favorite lowlight of the season? My favorite lowlight of the season. Yeah, your favorite one. <laughs> uh so my favorite low light of the season, not my favorite, my least favorite, <laughs> I guess it would be, would uh, would have to be the Chiefs game. And I know uh, I know one of you at least is going to talk about the Tennessee game. I know a lot of Chargers fans in general will say the Tennessee game was the lowest part of the season. But I'm going to say that, that, that Chiefs game, the second one, or it might have been the first one actually, the first Chiefs game where Rivers threw the four interceptions, was it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, in the Mexico County. City, right? Yeah, and um, that one's just going to be a low light for me because I remember to the very end, I was looking to my family and I was telling them, this. we can come back from this. This is going to be Rivers' mm-hmm. moment where he overcomes this. It's going to happen. It's going to be that moment where he tells us, I, I still got something left. We can make a run. We could do something at, towards the end of this year, maybe even going into next year. And uh, I really thought it was going to happen. And f- for me to have faith as long as I did till the end of the season – and then just to, to have it all drop when he threw to Austin Eckler on that wheel route. Mm-hmm. It was just, uh, it was a little catastrophic for me. It was, for a moment, I was just sitting there looking at the TV and just wondering, how much more can I take? And not only not only was it a low light, but it was a, it was a little bit of an experience for me where it changed how I how I viewed the organization and how I viewed the Chargers. And I thought to myself, you know what? It happens. It, it happens. It was, it was a bad year, 
And if you keep focusing on the negatives like this in every single year, that's what transforms a fan base and transforms a team into what you have over in Cleveland. And I'm just, I'm not ready to sink down to that level. Yeah. And to your credit, Jason, like you were one of the most positive fans all the way up until that game. Like, you know, if you follow Jason on Twitter, you know that he kept on saying like, this team can run the table. Like this team can run the table. This team is going to be able to do it. They'll turn it around. They still can in my mind. (laughs) You know, they have all the talent in the world. And, you know, we saw that in 2018 when they went 12 and four, we saw that talent and you know, that those expectations that we had going into this season were really high. You know, I thought like the worst case was maybe 10 wins, but for me personally, like the lowest point of the season was the Tennessee game. You know, Mm -hmm. I I was obviously not as positive as, as you were going up until that point, but I was thinking like, I knew like at the Tennessee point, I was like, they need to win this game and get some momentum going. And just the way that it ended, you know, I still think Austin Eckler scored, and no one is ever going to be able to prove to me that Austin Eckler did not score that <laughs> touchdown. And then the fumbles, and, and just, it was demoralizing. And, you know, how you felt after the Kansas City game, that's how I felt after the Tennessee game. And it kind of just, like, after that, I just felt like the season was over. And that was that was you, the low point for me. You know, I'm going to interrupt for a moment. Um, you know the worst part about the Tennessee game? The worst part is the ups and downs at the end there. Those last few, mm-hmm. those yeah. last minutes or so, those last seconds even. Eckler scored. It was overturned. Gordon scored. It was overturned. Gordon scored again. He fumbled. That was the worst. Yeah, because you were waiting, and you're like, you're waiting because Eckler scored, and you're all excited, and then it's like, oh, crap. You know, it's overturned. and then Well, right, because the second Eckler scores, and the Chargers have all this momentum from the previous games as well, you're thinking – this could this could be a run this could yeah, be it exactly and to have it all just thrown away twice in a row like that three times in a row even was just heartbreaking yeah that was a tough one to watch and you know i think the players took that one hard but then the green bay game happened and i was like all right well maybe this is this is going to be turned around but uh tyler did you have a little point that you wanted to touch on yeah, I originally told you guys it was the Steelers game, but I changed my mind, and I decided that the low point was when they took Jerry Tillery 28th overall and passed on Dalton Reisner, who I thought they were going to take in the first round, but I didn't even know that guys like Ford and Taylor would even be there. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, Reisner ended up playing guard, so I guess we'll never know how he would, how he would have been at right tackle, um, but he would have been better than Sam Tevy, uh, who everyone knew watching any games from 2018, he wasn't going to be good. Um, and for some reason, they stuck with him. Great. Um, didn't work out, obviously. And then after watching Okung, Pouncey, Lamp, and Tevi go down at different points in the year, I mean, they really could have used him. And the Broncos finished with the 12th best offensive line, according to Pro Football Focused. And that's due in large part to his play. And that, that's sure. as a rookie. Yeah. And I can't imagine. I mean, imagine going into this draft already having right tackle figured out. Now you can take Simmons, no problem, if you keep Rivers or if you're not taking a quarterback at six. You know, but now they have to figure out when are we taking our tackle. There's no way they're sticking to Tevi uh, heading into, I hope not, heading into this season. So uh, I guess we'll see. But anyway, that was my low point because I was very excited for something, any right tackle pick, and they ended up going with the defensive tackle. Now, I'll eat my words next year. I hope Jerry Tiller does great. I hope he comes in and improves and he's healthy, doesn't have to worry about rehabbing. Um, But we'll see. 
For now, I'd rather have a guy like Reznor than, than Tillery. Yeah. Tyler gave up early. <laughs> he was <laughs> done before we even started. After the draft, he I was frustrated. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I was. I totally get it. You know, you've got to do one or two things. And if you're trying to get after Brady in the playoffs, either protect Rivers or get to Brady. So, you know, Tillery, you get to Brady. Get to Mahomes. That's fine. I totally get it. And in and, and the Chargers' defense, everybody was saying that offseason they need to get a D-tackle. They need to because mm-hmm. they were carved up yeah. on the run so much. Yeah. And again, to their credit, they they looked okay against the run this year. They looked a lot mm-hmm. a lot much more improved. They they did. Yeah. yeah. And Tillery towards the, the back end of the season was really starting to, to shine a bit. You, he was starting to show his potential. It wasn't consistent mm-hmm. by any means, but I, D-tackle is hard, guys. Both oh, yeah. D tackle and offensive tackle is is a hard position to learn in the NFL. Yeah, and both Jerry Tillery and Trey Pipkins came under a lot of fire last year. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to work it's out. A, with both it's an them. adjustment, especially for Tillery. You know, defensive tackle in the first round, it's tough, and you know, it, it's like a Fletcher Cox type person who comes in as a defensive tackle and immediately impacts the game. Like I don't know about anyone else, but I never expected Tillery to come in and be Fletcher Cox. And never. so no. You know, all these people that are saying that Tillery is, you know, he was a bad pick because they didn't address the right tackle. But blaming Tillery just isn't the right way. Like, Tillery has more time to grow. And for me, the more confusing part about the right tackle situation is not giving Forrest Lamp reps at right tackle at all Mm -hmm. in the preseason. They had their right tackle on the roster. I agree. He's been here for years. The fact that Mm -hmm. Tevi was the unquestioned starter is the part that is most confusing to me. Like, if you want to give him the competition, you know, that's fine. Draft somebody right. late, move Forrest Lamp over. Like, that's what I was expecting to happen. But it was no. Sam Tevy's the starter from day one, unquestioned. Like, he's our guy. Mm-hmm. Which never really made sense to me at all. Right. All right, Jason, how about something positive? Any highlights? So, my positive note of this season is going to be Scott Questenberry. As a whole, this team just really struggled on the offensive line, and it was a real bright spot and i know i'm probably taking steven's bright spot scotty's my guy uh, that's all good you go ahead but if for the line to be as as dim as it was having scott as that bright spot in the middle was huge because now it gives them room to work uh earlier in this uh in the season i mocked daryl williams to the chargers pretty early it was going to be a reach because they need a center Bad, and I don't think center is that strong this year. I don't think interior line as a whole is good this year. Your tackles are a good strength, but when you look at the interior line, you're probably going to be looking at some of those tackles to move in and see what you can get. So for Questenberry to perform is is huge for this team because now they don't have to reach for that guy early. And yeah. uh, they can, they still have Pouncey they could potentially bring back and move Scott to uh, guard. Maybe they can move Pouncey to guard. Uh, maybe Lamp comes back from that ankle injury. We're still holding out hope for for Lamp three years later. Uh, maybe Feeney grows as a pass protector because say what you will, he's a good run. Uh, he's a good run lineman. He's a good run blocker. Uh, but he just needs to grow. He needs to get that awareness up for uh, pass blocking. So there's some things that can happen. There's there's stuff to work with on the interior line, especially if uh, if uh, Schofield leaves. You're going to need some of that versatility in there. You're going to need Pouncey and Questenberry to all be healthy. All these guys are going to need to be healthy because they want to rework this line. They want, they want to try something new. They've already said it. 
They don't want to repeat the same mistakes. They want to change stuff up. So it's it's going to be big to have Questenberry back in uh, 2020. Yeah, for sure. So tell me, sorry, go for it. Yeah, I was just going to say Questenberry, you know, he's my guy, you know, and I think that he showed a lot of tools where he could, you know, play guard like you like Jason was saying. Um, it's going to be really fun to watch this how this offensive line plays out in the offseason because really there's a lot of question marks, you know, Ogun could retire, they could cut him, they could cut Pouncey, they could not bring back Schofield, like there needs to be a competition at all five spots. And that's going to be really exciting to watch. Um, right. So my my highlight of the season is actually going to be Austin Eckler. You know, I think coming into this season, none of us really knew what to expect out of him once Melvin Gordon was holding out. And, you know, I think he does need a compliment that can kind of be the downhill type running back. But I have full confidence in Austin Eckler going forward if he's getting 18 touches, you know, 17 to 20 touches. You know, he's explosive. He had a historic season. And, you know, it was just fun to watch. You know, he balled out every single game. The 90-yard touchdown against Jacksonville was was a great moment. You know, Rivers got in, in the face of Yannick Ngakwe a little bit, which was great to watch. Um, so Austin Eckler, you know, he, he showed out the whole season. All right, so my highlight was Mike Williams posting 1,000 receiving yards for the first time in his career. I always have a thing for players who have something to prove, um, and Mike Williams definitely had something to prove. In 2017... He didn't have much of a great rookie season, kind of like Tillery, kind of like Gordon. Some of these guys do need time. Right. Um, But watching that, I mean, this guy was hobbling at some point in in every game this year, it felt like. Yeah. But he still found, I had to write this down, he found a way to set personal bests in receptions, receiving yards, yards per reception, yards per game, longest catch, plays of 20 yards or more, plays of 40 yards or more, yards after the catch, and first downs. That's incredible. You know, and this, yeah, no, and this guy, if I had to guess, he was looking to prove that he could be healthy and be available, like he wasn't in 2017. Um, he gutted out. He gutted it out for the team, and I think that's someone you want to build a team with. And I think 2020 will be uh, his personal best year. I want to take that moment real quick to. Sure. We're talking about uh, how the Chargers have a lot of slow learners in the first rounds. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris Hairston said a, a few months ago to me that the Chargers offensive staff has a lot of patience there the team in general has a lot of patience with their players developing and while that can be a fault at some points with some players Mm -hmm. not gonna name any but there it's it has its faults i think it's a very big pro in general that this team is willing to stay patient with linemen willing to stay patient with these players because some players are late bloomers you go you look at guys like lorenzo alexander over in buffalo he took a long time <laughs> to break out. Yeah. He took Parker a Monte long Parker in Miami. time. Right. And uh, Parker's situation was more just about a bad Play Adam Gase holding him back, mm-hmm. which is, we're not going to get into that. This is <laughs> a Chargers podcast. We rant about our own team, not the Dolphins. Or the Jets. Or the Jets. <laughs> yeah, I think just overall, like, it's, you know, all of us want instant gratification for these players that come into the league, but, you know, there's an adjustment period for everyone. You know, well, not everyone. You know, we'll get a Joey Bosa occasionally that can come in and, and win Defensive Rookie of the Year, but for the most part, your rookies are going to struggle. Your rookies are going to go through these learning curves and these growing pains, and oftentimes it's not fun to watch. You know, um, Jerry Tillery had, you know, he got bulldozed a lot this season, but then he showed some flashes where I'm, 
confident going forward that he'll be able to develop into a good player. You know, it just takes time. And, you know, thankfully the Chargers are able to have that patience and, and let that happen naturally. So speaking of some patience and some long-term, you know, ideals that are going forward with this team, you know, Adam Schefter tweeted out today that head coach Anthony Lynn received a multi-year extension and, you know, it kind of sparked some debate among Chargers fans. And I know that I was pretty active on Twitter today, kind of debating with his effectiveness and if he deserved the extension or not. So I just kind of want to ask you guys your thoughts on the, the extension. No, I think he deserves the extension. I mean, I think this season was very unfortunate for him to have, I mean, the, the list of players that he was missing Yeah, that, you know, that's out of his control. What is he supposed to do about that? Not just the injuries, but the adversity in general of uh, the mm-hmm. move and the the new stadium, everything going on. There's a lot of adversity there. Do you think then that because he got this multi-year extension, and we don't know how long it is, do you think this automatically means they're taking a quarterback? I think it's a possibility. You know, we all know that this is probably the best chance of drafting a franchise quarterback. You know, all these signs of Rivers moving to Florida and the extension. You know, I think I personally think that all signs are pointing to drafting a quarterback at six. You know, we'll touch on that in the next episode a little bit more. Um, but I think all signs are pointing towards the Chargers drafting a quarterback in the first round. Well, like a couple of years back, it was reported that the Chargers promised Lynn that he would eventually have his guy, right? Wasn't that a thing that was reported? Yeah. yeah. And so, I mean, it makes sense that they would give him this opportunity. And I think what a lot of people don't understand is Lynn could still be fired. This isn't a guarantee sure. that he is safe yeah. moving forward. This is them just telling him, we have faith in you. Go fix it. I bet you if they go 5-11 and 11 again, Tom Telesco and Anthony Lynn are not going to be there. It's probably mm-hmm. not going to be the case. Is right. there a chance that they're still there? Probably. Yeah, there's a chance, but... I'd say they they probably go. This team's far too talented to repeat. Yeah, there's going to be some patience this year. You know, like Jason said, Lynn has never had his guy. You know, whether or not him and Rivers were on the same page, you know, I assume that they have been. But River, but Rivers was never Anthony's guy. You know, you hear that all the time when you know a new GM and a new coaching staff come in. You know, a lot of the times there's turnover because these these GMs, these coaches, they want to get their people in. And, right. you know, Anthony Lynn has never had that opportunity to coach a quarterback that he drafted, a quarterback that he developed. And, a mobile quarterback. Um, yeah, we know he wants a mobile quarterback. That's why they've signed, they traded for Cardell Jones. They signed Tyrod Taylor. Like, we know he wants a runner. It's just, he's never had that opportunity. There's, there's far too many signs in what the quarterback the Chargers are looking for is going to be. Uh, when you look at the, the trend over the last couple of years, uh, 2017, Deshaun Watson was rumored to, to be their top guy. Then the very next year, Lamar was rumored to be their top guy. They had traded for Cardell. They signed Tyrod. They drafted Stick. Um, now they're interested in Cam Newton and Jordan Love, uh, even Justin Herbert. All of these guys are mobile. They all have that same thing in common. They want they they can run the ball when the opportunity arises. And um, whether whether that's a, a knock or Maybe that's your type of quarterback. Maybe it's not, but it's what Lynn wants. And if he wants to design an offense around that, then he's already very limited in what he can do having Rivers here for that long. And um, I think in the end, it actually got Ken Wisenhunt fired a bit. Um, Because Ken Wisenhunt, for all his faults, 
remember that first game he had with Marcus Mariota, where Mariota came in and threw for four touchdowns in his first game. And Wizenhunt has always had a lot of success with mobile quarterbacks. He also had a lot of success in limiting his the turnovers of the guys around him. So I think maybe maybe the Chargers jumped the gun on Wizenhunt. Maybe they didn't. Who knows? But I think moving forward, this team does need the change there. They need the mobile quarterback. Or at the end of the day, it's it's going to get more people fired. And yeah. if it's going to get you fired, you can't you can't roll with it. I've gotten a lot of people saying this season that certain players, and I'm not just talking about Philip Rivers. I know everybody's going to assume I'm talking about Philip Rivers and that I hate Philip Rivers with all my guts or whatever. I know. Of course you do. I, Why I do you hate Rivers? Help. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's a thing. But as I was saying, does there's people telling me that players deserve contracts players deserve to stay and I think Colin Cowherd said it a couple weeks ago where he said deserved gets you fired if if you sign a player or if you if you keep a player around because you think they deserve this contract it's gonna get you fired and it's true if you keep this guy around even though he doesn't fit your scheme just because you want to keep some people happy or you want to keep that player happy it's it's gonna get you fired Eric Weddle is a similar situation to this. I know everybody's having a lot of problems with Eric Weddle on Twitter right now and a lot of flashbacks to Eric Weddle due to the Rivers situation. If we remember right, I know Eric Weddle kind of had a bounce back year after he left. Eric Weddle's last year with the Chargers was abysmal. And it was kind of that situation where a lot of fans were saying, don't get rid of Eric Weddle. He deserves to retire a Charger. If they Mm -hmm. kept Eric Weddle... That that trend would have continued where he didn't play very well. the The change of scenery can help a player, but if he stayed, there's no telling if he would have ever improved. It could have gotten more people fired. At that time, it was Mike McCoy, so by all means, but <laughs> but it, it it will get people fired at the end of the day if you keep these players around for too long. When obviously they need a change of scenery or they need a different scheme. Obviously, the Chargers are looking for a different way to go are looking at a different direction when it comes to what scheme they want to run and what quarterback they want to run it. Yeah, you know, we hear all the time about the league being a copycat league and and kind of GMs and coaches learning from other people in the league. And, you know, to that point, I would rather have this just be a clean end, a clean transition than looking at what the Giants did with Eli Manning where everything was dragged on for multiple years and then they benched him for a game and ruined his streak and everybody was – you know, all super mad about that. And then they benched him again for Daniel Jones. And then they had to bring him back in. Like, I would much rather have just a clean ending, a clean transition to the future. And maybe we get that. Maybe we don't. I think if Rivers can cut back on his turnovers, you know, I'm fine with him coming back. But, you know, if he's around the 20 interception mark again, like, that's going to be frustrating. And I've been saying this all week, too, or all month, really, all year, even. I'm okay with Rivers coming back. For sure. 100%. I've said it to everybody. I while I think it's the smart football decision to move on, while I think he does while he might deserve it or not, it as we already covered that it could get people fired. I do want Rivers back. I want him back. Me wanting him back and him coming back are two different things. Whether he should or whether I want him to are two very different things. Yeah, and those things can exist together. Like it's possible to want the team to get ready for the future. And also want Rivers to stick around and and bring that fire and bring that passion next year. But there needs to be some kind of future hope for this team. You know, we're kind of 
in a situation where us as fans were stuck looking back always to the San Diego era. And, you know, there was some great times in San Diego and there were some great memories. It's a bad word. <laughs> but, you know, where the team is in L.A. now, the team is, it needs to move on. You know, there's this new stadium opening is kind of a, the biggest blessing possible because this right now gives the team the perfect opportunity to build for the future. Give Chargers right. fans some hope for the future and be able to have players like Derwin James and Joey Bosa and Keenan Allen and, and give us fans players that we know are going to stick around for a long time. I know a way to get Los Angeles to love the Chargers. Oh, is it is it Tom Brady? <laughs> okay. That's not it. That's not it. That's not the way. It's not that the way. That is not the way. Please no. Tom Brady, if you're listening, stay away. <laughs> yeah, I like that that's an abs- assumption that Los Angeles is going to embrace the Chargers if they sign Tom Brady. No. Like, the world loves Tom Brady. Tom like, Brady's oh, one of the most hated Tom athletes Brady. in the world. Well, mm-hmm. he, he's also the most loved, too. I'll, we'll yeah. give him that. I, I love the guy. I really do. I, I, I love Tom Brady. Stay away from my Chargers, yeah. Tom Brady. Yeah. I, like I think you. it would bring some excitement, but it wouldn't, like, everybody makes the comparison to LeBron to the Lakers. The Lakers were close. terrible before LeBron came. Yeah. Like, LeBron is bringing, and he's still in his prime, by the way. Tom Brady is not in his prime. Right. So that's two completely different situations. So One positive. One positive to Tom Brady comes to the Chargers is Austin Eckler would shatter some receiving oh, for back sure. records. For sure. Yeah. Austin Eckler would be thriving. Be AK2K. Oh, yeah. You know, the Anthony Lynn news, I think it's a good thing. I think that the team is stepping in the right direction towards the future. You know, we'll see. Free agency is next month. We'll kind of get some answers to where the team is leaning there, whether Tom Brady comes or they trade for Cam Newton or whatever maybe. Like, we'll start getting some answers, you know, personnel-wise and roster-wise in March. But right now, you know, there's hope for the future. And I, I for one, I think the team is going in the right direction. I've got some I've got some fun information, some fun tidbits about what the Chargers want to do. I've already I've already posted an article over about it, but I've got some fun stuff that it's it's going to be an interesting couple couple of months here involving quarterbacks. Oh yeah. Yeah? Yep. Oh, we're talking about that on Thursday. Yeah, good time. Yes, sir. We're what talking about rookie quarterbacks on Thursday. We're talking uh, about draft. <laughs> yeah. We're not talking about the good stuff, the juicy oh, stuff. So you got some good stuff news. Yes. Oh yeah. So, huh. you know, to that point, we're we're all going to have different opinions. We're all going to have different discussions going forward. You know, you'll get you'll get some of that going with our quarterback rankings. You know, me and Jason and Tyler, we all have different opinions on certain players. There's going to be guys that we have ranked higher or lower. People uh, are going to hate me. <laughs> but the point is, we want to be able to inform people of our opinions and be able to have an honest discussion of things and not just, oh, this is my rankings. Deal with it. So we're going to talk about it. We're going to have good, some good discussions and and some provide some good analysis, hopefully. And I just want to clarify now, just because one of us has a player ranked low does not mean that we think he will fail at the NFL level. It is just what him. it's just what we what we viewed him as, what we scouted him as, what we ranked him at. It does not mean we think he's going to fail. For example. You know what? I'm not even going to... Never mind. We're not no, going no, there. No, so we're not going right, there. No, just say for example, trying to soften the blow. Just say, for example, Tyler and, and Jerry Tillery. Like, obviously, Tyler wants Jerry Tillery to be successful. That doesn't mean that at the time that he was a little bit upset about the pick. But obviously, he's right. a Chargers fan. He wants Jerry Tillery to, to be successful and, and 
be a good human being at least. All right, so I think we pretty much covered up anything that we wanted to talk about, unless anyone has. Um, Tyler, Jason, I don't know if you either of you have any other points to talk about before we wrap this up. No, that's it. I'm good. We're good. Good? All right. That's it for today's episode. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you guys on Friday.